Hello and welcome to the 54th edition of the Two Black Generity Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your host, Chris. And today, um, we know we've been gone for a little bit. We're going to catch up on a lot of the uh, comic media today. We're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which just came out a couple of days before this recording. And then we're going to go over, I guess you would say, maybe like the DC projects we're most excited, excited about. Uh, James Gunn recently revealed upcoming DC movies that are in development over at Warner Brothers. It is a new day. The, but uh, not sun. Batgirl. <laughs> the sun is rising um and before we get started uh chris want to go ahead and introduce our guests and then we can get rolling yes coming from the lands of tiktok and, and video production we have a good friend of mine jj aka freddie's roommate how's it going hello everyone i'm doing good you know, uh, JJ, if if you haven't seen his TikToks, they have a wide range. Uh, I remember when I first followed him, it was during, you know, like his, his fashion upgrade phase, you know, like that. That's where I found him. So, you know, and he, he's talking about comics. Star Wars has done video transitions, has worked for various companies in their uh, social media uh, channels. I don't know if you want to if you want to plug them who you used to work for. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let I you mean... flex a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I revamped the Denny's TikTok social media, and then I left and got hired at a company called Homage. Uh, they're a vintage apparel company that does all sorts of, like, licensed merch that you can wear. Like, we have a whole Nickelodeon line. We do sports. Any team that you could think of, we probably have, except for Georgia. We don't talk <laughs> about Georgia. <laughs> I don't know why. But, yeah, uh, go follow me at Freddy's Roommate or... If you want some new clothes ideas, please follow at homage. All right. Very cool. So we're 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 ready to to talk into this. Uh, I know I saw, uh, I I know I texted Chris after we I uh, saw Ant Man, and I know I saw your tweets. J, uh, JJ, we talked about one thing in particular. <laughs> Before before we get into the review, I just want to set the stage for the uh, the state of the Marvel fandom right now because I think it's in a very interesting place. So, um, you know, Wakanda Forever, the last review we did was the end of the Phase Four of the Marvel movies. The general consensus on Phase Four by most of the fandom is that it's a little bit kind of all over the place. There were projects that some people liked, some projects that people didn't really like. Some reasons were legitimate, some weren't. So Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is the first movie in Phase 5. This movie was highly anticipated because it's technically technically the second time we're seeing Jonathan Majors play uh, King the Conqueror. But this was like the first, um, you know, project where we're really going to see, uh, you know, King the Conqueror, who's sort of at least we're told as of right now to be the new sort of overarching, overarching villain within the movies, you know, after Thanos. So... There was definitely a lot of anticipation going in, going into this movie. Um, you know, the premiere when the premiere happened, I feel like the like the the reactions are mostly positive. I think they kind of almost have to be. And then um, once the movie started releasing towards um, other critics and general audiences, I want to say the week before, you started getting um, reviews that were more like I, I would say more mediocre. Some people kind of liked it. Some people didn't really like it. As of right now. Chris, I don't know if it has the lowest score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's close to Eternals as far as having 
a significant lower score than most of the Marvel movies. So now there's all this discourse. Oh, is Marvel has Marvel gone downhill? Is this it? Blah blah blah. Um, we all got to see the movie uh, this past week, so I guess now we can just you know. Do you want to start with like? Like raw thoughts, I really don't want to do a whole plot summary because this was no. <laughs> it was a lot. So I guess we could just talk about likes, dislikes, overall opinions, etc. I mean, y'all know how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Like, who cares, honestly? But um, yeah, I think it's down where Eternals was, and I didn't think Eternals deserved to get all the hate they got. I thought it was just I would agree fine. Uh, and I feel like this movie was also just okay. There are some things I liked about it. There's one thing in particular I loved about it, which is Kang and, and Jonathan Major's portrayal. Like he was excellent. Everything else was kind of just okay, and that's fine. I have no problem with it. Uh, I think, uh, as as my brother described it on Twitter, uh, this movie was that group project, and Jonathan Majors put in the A plus plus effort, and everybody else put around like a C C plus effort. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, I, 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 in the flashbacks at least, Michelle Pfeiffer, I thought actually gave a really good performance as well. But yes, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, I, you, you know what, uh, JJ, you can go ahead and give your thoughts, and then I'll, I'll give mine. So. <laughs> um, I do, I do have, I have several thoughts that are, I don't know. I feel like I, I haven't gotten a chance to like actually like talk through about my thoughts about phase four really and i guess leading up to this movie i don't in my opinion phase four wasn't bad i think it was just arranged badly Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and i think that can't be helped because there was a world pandemic and projects had to be released in a in a certain way and I, i get it but in hindsight like seeing phase four as like a whole like thing I think that I think we would have a much different opinion if I would say we had a WandaVision Loki going into Far From Home, not from uh, No Way Home, then into Multiverse of Madness as like a lead up and a finale as opposed to being weirdly sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. Because once you put it in that direction, everything starts to line up and make a little bit more sense, you know? And not that I think we've been spoiled as Marvel fans that everything has to lead up to something. Where's the infinity stone? Where's this? Where's that? But I would, I think that's a little bit of revisionist history because I'll be honest, like some of my favorite projects in the MCU have nothing to do with the wider, like, I guess, scope Mm -hmm. of the MCU. Like, Black Panther, for example, has nothing to do with Infinity Stones. That's mm-hmm. top one or two Marvel projects. Or Winter Soldier. One? Winter Soldier that has has there's no Infinity Stones. So mm-hmm. I think there was grace given then that is not given now. That being said, <laughs> I feel as though this main problem of this this movie because I didn't I don't think it gelled the way it needed to. Mm-hmm. Um is that I don't think Peyton Reed really knows what he wants to say with Ant-Man. And mm-hmm. I don't think the Ant-Man franchise has a cohesive theme or goal in general. Which, And when you put a villain as big as Kang in that scenario, you're going to leave the theater uh, wanting more. And I think that's mm-hmm. what happened here. 
Yeah. I also think I remember what was it about a month ago, the script allegedly got leaked and I didn't I didn't read it. So I don't know what it says, but people were calling it like the best Marvel script, you know, ever, which, you know, doesn't really do great things for expectations. Um, But I think going back to the phase four discussion briefly, I think that phase four is not the worst phase, honestly. I think it's phase two because phase two for me really only has winter soldier and everything else is either okay or, or not good. Like I don't like Iron Man three that much because of its plot. Um, I don't like age of Ultron because I feel like it felt to leave to lead up to what it was por- like trying to portray with Ultron. Like Ultron to me, wasn't that terrifying figure that he should have been especially after that first trailer. Like that first trailer, I watched that bad boy like thirty times when it first came out. There are no strings on me, yeah. Right. Um, and then let's see. Then you have Thor: The Dark World. Um, am I leaving anything else out? Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought first Guardians was Phase Three. No, first Guardians is Phase Two. Okay, so then yeah, so it has Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, and technically Ant Man One in there. Yeah, I didn't see Ant-Man 1 until Phase 3, to be oh, honest. <laughs> I did not see Ant-Man in theaters. I I, Actually, I did not see it until it came on. I like the first Ant-Man, but we'll we'll get to that. This is the first Ant-Man I have seen in theaters. Really? I did not see the other two. Okay, all right. So I, I have, have some opinions about this one compared to the other two and like why some things I feel like didn't work. But uh, sorry, Chris, continue. Yeah, no, you got Ant-Man 1, Ant-Man 2, and Black Widow are the only Marvel movies I have not seen in theaters. But then Black Widow also came out during the pandemic. So what you going to do? Um, but yeah, no. So I think because phase four is reestablishing where we are post end game world, you really have to compare it to phase one. And because people are like, oh, it's not leading to like an Avengers movie. It's like, well, well yeah, because what are the Avengers really going to fight like post Thanos right away? The world's got to recover. No, I think. Oh, well, I hate. I hate doing this. I hate. I hate when people like rewrite movies or like, here's what should have happened because I don't think mm-hmm. it's a way way to do criticism. Uh, but but this is probably saving for another TikTok. But I thought the next Avengers movie would be or should be or could be the new Avengers versus old versions of Avengers. I think we are in a place where everyone still has their, like, evil counterpart around, weirdly. Mm. Like, okay, think about this. Like, Sam Wilson has to get together a group of Avengers, right? But you have Falcon versus uh, uh, what's his name? John John Walker. Walker. John Walker. Oh, U.S. agent. Yeah, you know what I mean? You have uh, Kate Bishop. You still have Bullseye running around because of Daredevil, you know. Mm-hmm. You also, and you have like these weird super soldier villains. Like you get the red, you can go Ghost on there, Red Guardian, like an evil version of the Avengers versus like mm-hmm. the real Avenger or like I guess the new version of like a heroes. Dark Avengers type deal, like Norman yes. Osborn in the comics when he was like, well, it was Iron Patriot or something like you know, because he was Iron Patriot yeah. in the comics, right? Yeah, right. Like Justin that. Hammer still around. 
Oh, like, what if Justin Hammer was like, oh, the Avengers are dead? Now's my opportunity. Hi, stay, everyone. Yeah, stay tuned for Armor around. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think that would be fun, but that's just my pitch, you know? No, I, and I think it's fun. I think one of the things that's different about, you know, because we've all read comics is that in the movies, nothing goes back to the status quo, per se. You know, you actually have to deal with the events that happened before and how those characters relate to that. And when like series or arcs are over in the comics, then it kind of goes back to the status quo besides those like few big events that happen in comics that like, you know, affected for decades to come. Like the first one that pops into my mind is DC's like when Barbara Gordon got shot by the Joker, like that had ramifications or Jason. Wow. Everything's Batman related. Jason Todd's death, Superman's death, you know, like things of, of that nature. Um, that reverberate throughout comics for years to come like that is every nearly every marvel movie but definitely every avengers movie or avengers-esque movie aka civil war um yeah all right i was gonna say another issue you have too is that in comics characters literally get to live forever because you just have new writers batman's we always use batman examples but batman's 35 forever right in movies, actors get older. People don't want to do things anymore. Real life things happen, like, you know, Jeremy Renner's accident and Chadwick Boseman's passing. So in movies, you know, these characters, at least the way we have them now, don't exist forever. Mm-hmm. All you can really do is reboot and recast sometimes. So it's kind of like, you know, the way the way the movies are structured kind of has to be different than um what you have in comics where people can just kind of exist forever. So Mm -hmm. it's just a different medium. Yeah. Um, But bringing it uh, back to quantum mania. So uh, I saw someone on Twitter yesterday or the day before say like they counted the amount of times that Cassie said dad in this movie. And I feel like, like I couldn't tell whether they were just doing it like as a joke just to be funny because you know like she says dad a lot or if they were trying to be nitpicky but either way I feel like okay what else is she supposed to call him she's supposed to call him Scott like Mr. father <laughs> yeah like what what is she supposed to call him like you know this is her dad that presumably she hasn't seen I don't I don't know how long this movie takes place after Endgame but like she missed him for five years like. I'm pretty sure she would be saying that at every opportunity that she got for all those five years that she couldn't. I, I just feel like that's kind of the state where the Marvel fandom is in is like unnecessarily nitpicking things. I kind of blame CinemaSins for that, but that's another, another story. It's funny. This off topic. It's funny that people blame Cin- CinemaSins for like the modern nitpickiness. And I don't know if you guys ever watched back in the day. You remember the Nostalgia Critic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no shade. I I was oh. in high school. I was a big oh. fan of him. He would like do jokingly like mock reviews of movies. And back in the day, it was funny, especially because he would pick on like really bad movies. But I feel like a lot of people like took content like that, like the nitpicking a movie to make fun of it a little too seriously and now it's just reverberated across the internet where it's mm-hmm. like you know people nitpick on things that don't matter because i think like if I, I mean i mean i will guess i'll get to like my thoughts with it man the bigger issue i feel like is 
we really don't get enough time with Scott and his daughter in the movie itself mm -hmm. to really care about their relationship emotionally. You know, if you've seen the other movies, okay. But I think they could have done more to establish like, you know, how Scott has grown apart from his daughter a little bit and how he's trying to reconnect. You know, you could have had scenes where, you know, if he, last time he saw his daughter, she was a kid and now she's almost an adult, you know, hey, has her, have her favorite, have her favorite foods change. You know, there are things, there's things that you would miss if you didn't see your kid for five years, you know, he, maybe he buys her a gift for her birthday and it's super childish and she's not into it anymore. Like you needed, I think a little bit more there to like really care about the, you know, that relationship. But, you know, this movie kind of had to be King's movie. So they were all, you know, they could only do so, you know, they could only do so much. And I think, uh, I mean, at least for me, well, like quantum mania, I think the problem is that like, I don't know if Kang should have been the villain for this third Ant-Man movie. Like he, maybe he should, I don't know. I'm trying to, I mean, the fantastic four probably, but I'm like, yeah, he maybe should have been the villain for someone else because this is, I'm not got off my soapbox in, this, in a second. Like what may, at least the reason I like the Ant-Man movies, especially the first two is because I felt like compared to a lot of the other characters, especially in early phases, like Scott Lang was just like a dude. He's just like a dad. Right. Cause most of the Avengers are like super geniuses or like legends or like master assassins. And Scott is like an okay thief. You know, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, he was likable and relatable because it's like, you feel like, you know, either your dad or if your friend had a dad, they could have, you know, they'd be some, they could be someone like Scott. Someone has made some mistakes, but it's generally like a good dude is trying his best. And I feel like with this one, you really don't get much, you don't get that much of that because there's just, there's so much plot and so much story. We got to learn about the quantum realm. We got to meet all these new characters. You're, you know, you've got Hank and Janet. You've got Kang's whole backstory. So I feel like, you know, this is the one, you know, you kind of lost, like, I guess why people like the Ant-Man movies in the first place is that it felt like a smaller, more personal story. Um, so that's I, it. I don't know. Uh, I think it was this morning, actually. Um that I and I want to know what you guys think about this. I think the TikTok user is not Franklin's Herald or it's just Franklin's Herald. It's one of the two. Um, and she's a huge Fantastic Four fan. And she was like, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a Fantastic Four film that they just shoved Ant-Man and family into. And I feel like that's actually kind of accurate with, with given the characters um that, that that you have and i feel like it would have fit better with the fantastic four versus ant-man because like the fantastic four fantastic four have beaten major villains on their own and everything with ant-man it's like okay yeah everybody was theorizing that he'd shrink in, in into thanos's butt and that's how they were gonna win the day like and everybody knew when they saw that matchup ant-man was about to get stomped dog walk like it was like r.i.p scott like nobody thought scott was gonna make it out of this so, I mean, I see where you're coming from. And I think that's one of the main problems of the Ant-Man franchise in general is that I don't think the Ant-Man franchise really knew what it wanted to be in the first place. <laughs> like, it should have been a Fantastic Four movie. We're, like, we're sitting here coming up with like all the things it should be, except for the thing that it is. And the problem 
with the Ant-Man, in my opinion, goes back to the movie wanting to be about Scott and Cassie, mm -hmm. but the movie never giving that time to really develop yeah. Scott and Cassie. Mm -hmm. And that's like in the first Ant-Man movie, like he's doing this for his daughter. And if the theme is fathers and daughters, you have a situation where it's kind of reflected with Hank and Hope, right? Mm -hmm. And there's there's a point in the movie that's never really like, I guess, fixed or addressed, is that why isn't Hope doing this job? When Hope is better, Hope knows the technology, she's all this stuff, but Hope is somehow, she has a better relationship with the CEO that they're trying to steal from, but somehow, Hope isn't like in this job. They need Scott for some reason because he's a master thief, but okay, whatever. Number two, in the second hand man, Scott did something that put that relationship with his daughter in jeopardy, right? He's he's in the like house arrest thing, all this stuff. But I think that almost made him a better dad because he was in the house. Mm -hmm. He got to spend time, uninterrupted time with Cassie, right? But what happens to Cassie? She's gone for the rest of the movie and when there's time to develop hank and hope's relationship and their relationship to the lost mother who gets the scene with janet scott mm. as janet <laughs> you know what i mean so you have this like formula to set up these beautiful relationships but we never really got a chance to explore them whatsoever in the first two movies and so when you get to here where's it's the third Cassie. <laughs> third mm. Cassie. Scott has been gone for five years. And the story is telling us Scott cares about his daughter. That's all he cares about. That's the thing. But yet he doesn't know Cassie's interests. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know why she's like trying to help these homeless people. And they say it in the movie of like, Scott, aren't you the guy who did the Robin Hood bank heist? Why are you so against helping homeless people or Cassie helping homeless people? Why mm -hmm. are you so against helping the Quantumverse people? Which will, we, will, we will never see those people again. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I feel bad for William Jackson Harper because he mm -hmm. kind of punched his MCU ticket and that character is just like a dud. A real dud, you know? Why is Scott, who profited off of being a superhero with a book about his superhero experiences and tells everyone, yeah, I fought with Captain America. Why is this man, who now has a chair or a company with hope, who has the ability to help people, is so against helping people, is for profiting off his super identity and yet he doesn't know who, what Cassie does, what her interests, doesn't even know that she has an Ant-Man suit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my main rub of the movie is, is that is the movie is telling us X, Y, and Z and giving us something different. It's, it's creating this dissonance of who we, I don't know who Scott is because he's so different in this movie, you know? And like, I got into like a huge fight on the comments of my anime video of like, <laughs> well, well, they said it at the dinner table and stuff like that, but they said it, but like, that's the problem. They are saying these things about these characters, and his actions are completely different in this yeah. movie and throughout the entire franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like what probably would have been better 
is, you know, it's one thing for Cassie to be going to protests and trying to help the homeless and everything like that and being thrown in jail in the surface world. He can get her out. Hank can get her out. Hope can get her out. They have the resources. She'll be fine there. Now, when you go to the quantum realm and people are dying and this is real, if Scott, like Scott's first priority is making sure Cassie is safe. He could have been like, you, you know, to any of the warriors, you take her to safety and then he goes to fight. That's like the general, like superhero parent type thing. Make sure your kids are safe and then you go to to battle. Like even if it's not your fight, nothing past really the first Ant-Man and you can make an argument there has really been his fight. You know, Endgame is arguably his fight because it's humanity's fight, but it's not that personal like this is why i have to be here so yeah scott you're always been the guy to help help the little guy so you're literally, literally I think not you're doing that right here yeah. you were 100 right i did realize that that every battle that scott has been in has not something he's had personal stakes in yeah. and so, i feel like his best his probably his best appearances were in civil war and endgame like i loved him in endgame he was one of the highlights for me back in the day just because, like, he he fit in the role. Like, him him being funny fit in the role where all the other Avengers are, like, depressed <laughs> in those movies, you know? It's just, um, it's just that, like, I don't know. And I think that's where my main rub of the movie is coming mm-hmm. from. And I think, I, I think that echoes into Kang a little bit because we are told that Kang is this all-powerful being that can do anything and go anywhere that he wants. We are told that Kang has killed all the Avengers a million times. And we are told that Kang has like overthrown a million rebellions. And yet he can't handle a bunch of guys with sticks and ants. Nah, he just couldn't handle the ants. Uh... Really? Really? You can disintegrate? People, and you, the ants are giving you a problem, Kang. Yeah. Kang. Well, well, you know, I, you you put them on someone that that had the same level of technology as him, whereas the this, other people didn't have it. This is the thing: if you want a Kang be defeated in this movie, even by the ants, I feel like they needed to establish more that this was a weaker Kang. You know what I mean? Like, because they they kind of do that with like who remains in Loki, but it's like if you want us to worry about Kang. I don't like if he's going to be defeated in his first first appearance. You needed a scene with a okay spoilers with a council at the end. It's like yo, he was the weakest one. That's why we kicked him out because I do feel like him going down the way he did. It's like, are we excited to see King again now? I also think um, this is. I was going to mention this to you, Chris. So the post credit scene, what I think they should have done. I think when they were at the dinner at the end for Cassie. I think a Kang variant should have been at another. She should have been sitting at another table with a newspaper. He should have put the newspaper down and then it could have cut to that Kang with the council. Like, yep. Yeah, no, he, yeah, we saw the guy beat the, the biggest kid, you know? Yeah. He'd be, Oh, he'd be so-and-so. Oh, well he was pretty weak, but you know, we should keep tabs on the Avengers, you know, like something like that. So that we understood like, okay, we still have stuff to worry about. You know what I mean? So for me, when it comes to Kang, so I would say he who remains is a bigger threat than the Kang we saw in Quantumania. And I would say that because he who remains won. He won the war between all the other Kangs. 
and has been there. And he was able to set up the TVA to keep that one singular timeline. So at that point, he doesn't have to flaunt any muscle or anything because he's one. And I would say that they do show that at least this Kang is weak because he lost and got exiled by everybody else. So when it comes to, you know, him uh, being down there, he's he's essentially been resting on his laurels because while, you know, uh, Hope, not Hope, uh, Janet and her people were, you know, like being their terrorist freedom fighter, you know, that argument she tries, tries to make. I was like, oh, that's cute. Way to not talk about that longer than two lines. Um, but, you know, he he really hasn't had an actual threat so he's just been waiting and waiting so someone to come and get the pin particle so he can you know uh leave and he he just was proud he was just like i got this no one can touch me and that's why he loses why didn't kang take the pin particles from scott why i have a lot of why questions for <laughs> kang the heroes like why are y'all just walking through that portal at the end of the movie why don't y'all just run through it like you know mm. why why it didn't kang like yeah why didn't kang just take the pin particles have modok go in there and throw it in there like modok <laughs> is clearly smart you oh, know we haven't like, even gotten a modok <laughs> like he may not he may not like actually sur survive that trip in there but how do you know scott would like what's the purpose of keeping cassie around you know, like yeah. if you are going to betray him, just kill her, you know, or, you know, when she's making that speech or whatever, why are you waiting for her to finish before you're like, kill her? Like, <laughs> as soon as she interrupts your speech, why are you making a speech at all? <laughs> you're, you're speaking to robots. Maybe they're sentient. We're not entirely sure. But why do you have to make a speech? Just make your speech once you get on the outside. <laughs> like, there's no point. Yes, I recognize that's a silly complaint from me, but I was kind of thinking, I was like, why do why do we need Scott? Why? You know what I mean? Like, and plus the whole like pin particle thing. So like remember in Endgame where the amount of pin particles was so crucial to not like fuck up, you know, like you cannot like Well, that's because Hank wasn't there. Yes. Yeah. And so now so he is. If Hank like, and if, Jan uh Janet and um Hope. Yeah, but like we're shrinking, we're growing, we're shrinking, we're growing. Doesn't matter. Like I was like, dang, I guess we got, I guess we have a surplus of pin particles, you know. But I felt that was weird too. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just feel like at, at this point because we saw it in in Hawkeye, and you know the company is actively making these pim particles because that's what she's using it for and in everyday applications that at that point they're producing them at an industrial level oh okay so the guy who played modok's dream worked pretty much so they're just doing it <laughs> except now they're doing it for uh beneficial reasons and not for capitalism I feel uh -huh. like they. I feel like <laughs> particles would definitely end like any sort of world hunger or like uh, issues of resources when you literally could just like it's like that one move where you could. That's just pretty much what they're trying giant. to do. Yeah. Literally, Cassie says, 
as she's helping those homeless people who are displaced by the blip, if all the franchises or all the families that could help, Hank, you could solve homelessness right now. Well, that's what they're saying Hope was doing, like in the little, when uh, Scott was doing his little exposition dump. He was saying, you know, she's helping to solve uh, the housing problem and, and crisis. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. I mean, granted, it's San Francisco, so mm-hmm. it's San Francisco. But I, I feel like there, you keep mentioning these things in the different Marvel projects. But nothing's ever really coming to a head outside of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we know how they did the Flag Smashers dirty, in my opinion. Oh, and, and the Sokovia Accords are revoked in She-Hulk? So oh, the, the toss-away line? The Sokovia Accords were dumb. They were always dumb. They're always dumb. Also, Chris, are you serious? Okay, all right. Let, let me, I'm going to take three minutes Chris. to go about that because yeah, I don't think we talked about it. Thing I've been here before. All right, let's talk about this. All right, so the Sokovia Accords in the context of us mm-hmm. in our in our state, right? Like where we know uh, in, Infinity War Part One and Two are happening, and Thanos is coming. The Sokovia Accords mean nothing because what responsible superhero that we've seen or irresponsible in the case of Tony Stark is going to see Thanos invade and is like you know what I'm going to wait to see what the UN and the Security Council have to say before I go and defend wherever I am no one did that's why Rhodey who is still a military man actively ignores the Secretary of State who is going to be the president in a couple years Uh, like it didn't matter so in, in that sense, that doesn't matter when it comes to what the Sokovia Accords actually say, where the U.N. takes control of the Avengers for the U.N. to do any kind of resolution to get a majority of the countries on board takes time. So threats would either massively escalate or be done with by the time the U.N. actually gets together. If it's the Security Council, Security Council also has veto. Uh, China and Russia have veto powers. They could easily say no if it goes against their interests. Or the United States could say no if it goes against their interests. That's an issue. Uh, the U.S., the most, the most unrealistic thing in civil war is not the fact that superpowers exist is that the u.s would ever give up sovereignty over their citizens to have someone else in control of them because the u.s doesn't even do that now we've passed laws to say that our soldiers won't be held accountable for war crimes for anybody under than us we've also done it for our allies as well so it's just like eh. but the Civil War should have just been about Tony, Rhodey, and Bucky. It's like, or Tony and Bucky, you know, like you have this situation where you have a so called superhero on the, or superpowered villain on the run. Like, superheroes go figure this out or make it only in the US like it was in the comics because once you make it international, it doesn't really hold the same weight because international law when it comes to the superpowers is kind of a joke and i mean like the superpower the the superpowers of countries u.s russia china and that's why he's a star wars lawyer everyone (laughs) (laughs) okay hear me out hear me out hear me out okay Mm -hmm. i am pro 
Team Iron Man. Uh-huh. Of course. Because, number one, if a superhero fucks up, I want the ability to hold that superhero accountable. So then why are you Team Iron Man? Because no one ever held here's Iron the, Man accountable. Here's the thing. Because there is no structure to do so until now. Iron Man's a billionaire. I'm not not saying the Accords are perfect, but I think it's a step in that direction. For example, for example, right? If, if Wanda, if, if what Wanda did, right? If she did that, I want the Sokovia Accords and the superheroes who are trained to take Wanda down and not just Can't nobody the, take Wanda down. I'm just saying that's why you have Captain Marvel sign the Accords. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Okay, <laughs> I I like it that I want to be able to hold superheroes accountable. Number two, the Avengers being a American private military is extremely scary for the rest of the world. I like special forces, yeah. No, I, ex- I understand terrifying. That. I understand that they're the good guys because we're Americans and we see like we see the movies and we see their actions. But if I'm a, if I'm in Canada, and the the Avengers are just they're under no supervision. If the Avengers just don't like what the Canadian government is doing, no one can stop them. Like. Like, for example, if the Weapon X program was happening in Canada, right? And Tony and Cap found out about it, which Weapon X is bad, right? If I'm the Prime Minister of Canada, I really don't like that the Avengers can just come in and just stop me, you know? Not saying that I agree with it, but like, you know what I mean? That's, that's, I would like some United Nations legislation. To stop the Avengers from coming over and fucking up my like evil plans, right? I, I, I get that, but do you who 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 what power does the UN have? What power does the UN really have? They don't. They could have had the Avengers. But, uh, but how how are they gonna deploy the Avengers? That that Here's that the is the biggest Here's issue. The, you're acting you're acting like it's gonna take forever. I don't think it's gonna it, take it, that it long does. because everyone is gonna agree that Thanos coming to Earth is a bad thing, you know. No yeah, but you have to get all the that. delegates together. That it's takes a Zoom call. <laughs> they, yeah, but they don't operate like that. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> it's 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 the MCU. Let it operate that way. And number three, and number three, number three. My biggest hang up is that Cap, instead of negotiating or working to get a better solution, they broke up the Avengers. And then he became, oh, I'm on call. Call me when you need me. Except he wasn't there when we needed him. Remember that speech? Oh, um, you did your best work after the fact, Cap? Where Tony, like, breaks down why Cap ain't ain't shit, you know? Because he wanted to to be on call. Like, really, bro? To to that point. You had a Hulk. You had a Thor. You you have all the negotiating power, you know? To To that point. Cap was about to sign until he found out that Tony had Wanda essentially sequestered in the Avengers Tower, which Cap heavily disagreed with. I don't think he should have like not signed because of that, but it also showed that Tony wasn't being upfront with everything. 
other thing is when it comes to um the accords being uh you know like ratified or or whatever they they're not going to be changed after that i mean also besides the fact that it requires super powered individuals to give up their dna so that the un can figure out how those powers work and then you know probably say that? agents say- of shield i know nobody watched that I did, no. but I found out that information. And yeah. that was a very uh, your your don't send a, a very. I, I actually saw Shield all the way through. Uh, Shield has a very dedicated and passionate fan base. <laughs> don't uh don't and don't the definition of a niche fan base. Don't don't anger them. Okay, <laughs> they won't they won't leave you guys alone. There's people with whole there's people with whole literally like conspiracy maps about how Agents of Shield is still canon, even though. I've seen that show all the way to the end, and separate timeline is is the only way that that works. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I man. I think that the Sokovia Accords, I, like I under I understand the inter international portion of it, but considering that realistically, when it, it came to the international outreach of the Avengers they didn't really like try to hammer that home like they did with the ultimates in the in the ultimates universe like when the ultimates set up that storyline how the you know like some of the other uh superpowers or the axis of evil like came together with their own uh superpowered avengers team to counter uh the ultimates they showed how the avengers had invaded multiple countries and you know like to to promote america's interests uh whereas with these avengers you know with sokovia that was ultron which was tony and bruce's fault that they had to go fix if they do nothing then humanity is wiped out uh when they invaded um i don't they didn't necessarily say what country it was at the beginning of age of ultron but relatively they kept that to the fortress or whatever until you know iron man sent his legion of iron bots which he had just there was a whole thing about destroying those in iron man 3 but whatever um you know keeping those separate so they to set that up they didn't really do enough besides at the beginning of civil war where cap gets distracted and wanda has to choose between letting everybody in that market get destroyed and possibly the bottoms of those buildings or trying to contain that explosion and then end up killing um, some Wakandans and Nigerians. Uh, so, like, I like I get the concern. I feel like the MCU didn't set that up enough. And then the other thing, when it came to Ross's presentation about how the Avengers hadn't really done like a good job, you know, there's so much collateral damage. Almost, I think it was like 330 people died out of all those events that he showed. And it was like, I don't even think it reached to a trillion dollars in damage. Like when you have an alien invasion, a, p- a potential apocalypse, uh, mass p- apocalyptic event, and you know, like several bombings, uh, the what happens in Winter Soldier, like only three hundred some people died. That's that's a miracle. I mean, like you look at Man of Steel. Granted, you're having a whole lot more wide variety of powers. So many more people died. And that was relatively contained to one area. So, I mean, I was just like, the MCU didn't set that up enough where they could have. They just didn't. 
They did not. <laughs> and then, Moving and, on. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was like, when the Sokovia courts get revoked and She-Hulk, it's like, yeah, no one's going to care about that post-Infinity War, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, the world lost half its population. We have bigger issues to deal with. Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, Captain America Civil War versus Batman v Superman was like our first podcast episode ever. <laughs> Pretty sure. All those years ago. So we've uh we've had this talk before. Um but does anybody have like any closing thoughts like on the movie itself? Uh oh yeah, we're this is the Ant-Man podcast. I know, right? <laughs> first of all, should anyone should any of the good guys have died in this movie? Could yes. you have killed off like Hank Pym? You think it's time? Like if you kill off know. Hank Pym, but you've been hurt. Here's I the thing. Uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> it's honestly, this is low key the best Hank Pym ever mm-hmm. in all iterations. Yep, 100%. Like comics, TV shows. Yeah, he's not abusive. <laughs> but here's the thing like, he's still kind of mean, but not in an abusive way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a jerk, but he's not like, uh, yes, like, how often are people gonna like meet Ultron in real life? But like domestic violence is a real thing that a lot of people deal with in real life. So like mm-hmm. I'm glad they took that away from his character. But this is hands down the most charming Hank Pym, the most like interesting Hank Pym in this movie. Like he had some good one-liners. Like when when Janet was like, cover me, Hank, and he says, I always do. I was like, oh <laughs> Hank. Hey, well, where did this like, come from? And know? the and the fact that he was just like you know like she was like I have needs and he was like I get it there was a you know like a woman while you were gone he's like <laughs> what happened he was like, like what happened with her he's like she wasn't you baby oh I actually like that only because I do feel like it's a rant like I will say one thing about this movie there were some good jokes in it like the you know when I saw Bill Murray show up. Uh, and, and you know he had that look with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm like, oh, oh no, he he was in there. They have a history. So mm-hmm. like, I appreciate that that was brought up, and like Hank Pym was chill about it because like I feel like we look at these characters, you know, they're so idealistic and they're so perfect. But the reality is that if you thought your partner was gone for 30 years, most people would have at least tried to date, tried <laughs> to do something within that amount of time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is a realistic human thing. I feel like that's almost something that your girlfriend asks you, like, babe, would you find anyone else about <laughs> in the quantum realm for 30 years? And it's like 30 <laughs> years is a long time. <laughs> uh so I, I I did actually like that joke in there. I thought it was pretty. I was like, oh, you know, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, I believe her. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had Hank die. If anybody was going to die, it would have been Scott. Or at, at at in an alternative, Scott and Hope should have been trapped in the quantum realm. Consequences that are taken away, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like there, yeah. there are no real consequences in in this movie for no. the characters in it. So like, it would have been like Scott and Hope get sealed in a quantum realm, and they're like cut it off, like all access to the uh above world i guess just so kang won't get out again because they don't know that kang is like gone after he gets whatever with the 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 
power source. I don't know how to describe it, but like, you know, they don't know. So they just seal it off and he's, you know, and that's that, you know, sacrifice that he makes for Cassie. He's he's just like, I won't be able to see her again, but I'll know she's a safe from at least this kind of threat. And hope makes that choice to be, to save Scott, you know, like, and be there with him. You know, like there, there's, there are choices there and there are consequences from those choices. And the Ant-Man or the, the Wasp is finally reunited with Ant-Man in the Quantum Realm. Yeah. It's like a closed loop on the first movie. We could be fun. And we could also talk about, so Hope in this movie, was she pretty much just there to bail Ant-Man out? Like she saves him at least twice. Did she save him <laughs> a third time? That's her, that's her pretty much in every movie. As her movie is just mm-hmm. being more competent than Scott in saving him. Like, <laughs> I thought she was the more interesting character from from the jump. You know, I like they could have given her more of a personality in, in the first one, other than like I am the more competent, more serious, you know, female counterpart to the male hero. Like they could have done more to develop her personality, and I feel like they, you know, made an attempt to do that in Ant Man and the Wasp. But like, I she should have been the main character. Like these should be wasp movies, and you could feature like in the second one, Scott becomes Ant Man because you know her dad was Hank. But you know, like Hope being you know like sort of a new character, sort of blank slate thing, uh, because the Janet is is the wasp that most of us are familiar with. Janet has always been the more interesting character to me than Hank in in every iteration from the Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated cartoon to. Uh, the various comic adaptations. And I think, uh, I mean, you guys obviously know Jay Stube. She kind of talked about how, like, the Wasp, yeah, the Wasp in the comics is a much bigger deal and is high-key, like, the heart of a lot of the Avengers teams, mm-hmm. you know? And in the movies, they she is kind of regulated to being, like, you know, the sidekick action girl that's there for, like, the cool fight scenes, you know, mm-hmm. and it is like in the comics, you know, Wasp is a founding Avenger, like that first like Avengers number one and has a role on the team of literally like, I mean, not not only was she usually not only was she the, the first girl I feel like on the team, but like she was the mm-hmm. one on the team everybody liked. Like she was a heart. If the team broke up, everybody still kind of messed with Wasp. You know, Wasp was like smart and strong, but also like very girly. And I think, uh, I mean, well, I just, I was, I was watching one of her videos this week and it was kind of how like a lot of times, like sometimes with female superheroes is like, they have to act super tough and super hard, you know? And that's not necessarily something that has to happen. Like a female superhero can still like have feminine traits and feminine qualities and still be like strong and powerful. So I think that, um, you know, the way Wasp treatment and the MCU and also like, the Hope and Janet thing, like the way they did it, a little strange. I get not making Hank the main Ant-Man because he's got a problematic history. But yeah, the treatment of Wasp in, in the whole in all three movies is just very strange. Yeah. I did think, I do think Janet, well, I'm not Janet. I do think Hope was supposed to be in one of the drafts of Civil War, but then Evangeline Lily got pregnant, I think, in between those movies. Mm-hmm. Which is why you don't see her for a while between like Ant Man's one and two. Just a thought. That's another. That's another thing. Like with the MCU. I mean, we've kind of talked about that. Like, you know, they shuffle things around. Things change because like you can't. There's there's so many moving parts of movies that don't exist in books where you just need writers and artists. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
So yeah. Also, the one thing I'll say about Modoc, I'm not a big Modoc fan. He, he he's just a character <laughs> that Modoc. exists. We didn't talk about Modoc. Yeah. He, he's just a character that exists. I thought he was fine for what he was. I do think like <laughs> the the never be a, a uh, like it's not too late to be a dick thing. I was like, all right, I, you can just get move past this. All right, but like him being there and like those parts up until like his change of heart, I thought was fine. I'm mad that they killed him. That's that could have been Cassie's Joker. <laughs> you know that's typical MCU when it comes to their villains. I, why though? Why? I, I don't know. I, but it's I, not. It's not even just that they killed him. It's like they killed him in such a weird way, where even when they're they're cracking jokes, even when he's dying, like Darren, you know. And it's like, okay, are we supposed to <laughs> feel bad for this guy or not? Like it's the Ragnarok <laughs> effect. It was a that was a Ragnarok moment. What do you yeah, mean yeah. the Ragnarok effect? Because you know, one of my big problems with Ragnarok is a lot of the serious moments are undercut by a joke while you're trying to feel the weight of those emotional moments. And that's that's the issue. The on, the one the one exception I have in that movie is Korg running in after Loki like disappears. He's like piss off ghost. That's it. That's that's all I got. That made me laugh. <laughs> Other than that, it was just like, all right, come on. Maybe because that was the first one and it kept happening. Yeah, I felt that in Love and Thunder a lot. Yes. Because it's like, I don't know. This is kind of serious. I don't know why we're like, the Asgardians are flipping broken. Yeah. Really broken. Like, really. Speaking of Love and Thunder, I, I've seen a lot of people try to compare Kang and Gore in terms of like, oh, they were the standouts of the film, but they were both let down by the movie. For me, I feel like there wasn't enough Gore, and we didn't really see Gore get to do all that much, where at least with Kang, like we did get to see him do more. He shows off his power. Kang does show off his powers. Right. You know, we when got he fights the army and whatnot. And he does give Scott a pretty good beating. As much mm. as they can do PG thirteen, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I I see where people are trying to come from, but it's like, yeah, no, Gore was Gore like we he's called the you know the God Butcher, and he we see him kill one God. True, that is true, like, <laughs> and that's before he officially becomes the God Killer. I even think about that. He only kills one. No, he killed the big one, that big monster-looking thing. The monsters, yeah, but that was off-screen. Yeah, that was the body. Yeah, he yeah. kills a bunch of gods off-screen, but we never, we only see him kill one. Yeah, Sif almost died. Rest in peace, Sif. Oh, she, I mean, she's still alive. She's just missing an arm. But her character's dead. <laughs> oh yeah, her character's been dead since the first Thor movie. Oh, oh God, there was one. Oh, oh what I was going to say too. When they had the King flashback and Janet, like you know, she, when she touches when she touches his um his ship and like sees all the stuff he's done to really drive it home how strong he was, we should have seen like corpses of the Avengers, even if you didn't want to pay the actors to be there or something to yeah, like show- scare us a little bit more. Maybe pay Mark Ruffalo a few bucks <laughs> so I he mean, can lie in a corner. <laughs> I mean, you know, just well, no, because then he would spoil that. No, just like show, you know, like Stormbreaker or Mjolnir, show the shield, Cap shield show something. the wings of uh, of like if you wanted to just do like the new 
Avengers like show the the shield and like the wings of Captain America Sam Wilson show uh if you really wanted to do it show like the crown from Scarlet Witch or like the symbol from uh Captain Marvel or something like that like these are real easy things to do that you don't have to pay anyone unless you want to have some like extras do it just so you can have like the, the like uh, the bodies there and you just like don't show the face that's very easy to do because like uh i because i would compare it to like uh you know as many issues that you know you can talk about with multiverse of madness you did have that scene where wanda like destroyed the illuminati you know what i mean yeah and it was like okay she's strong i'm afraid of her i get it and so, that was a weaker version of her <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was a nerf version of her so um Try to think. You guys have any closing thoughts? Because I know we want to get to DC and not keep uh, JJ here forever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just excited for more Kang. That post, both post credit scenes, um, Victor Timely. I thought that was hilarious. But uh, you know, Immortus, Ramatut, and I'm gonna say the Violet Sovereign because he's not Scarlet. Uh, so I, I mean, it's interesting that those three are the. Uh, counts leading the the council of kings and that they all seem to kind of like not like each other so secret wars is coming and king's going to be the cause of it yeah i can see that i can see secret wars being kang versus kang my avengers are better than your avengers like <laughs> one kang has just like cassie lang kate bishop Miss Marvel and the other Kang has like what Toby Maguire Spider Man <laughs> and like uh, no, uh Jessica Alba, <laughs> yes, the, the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four, yeah, something like that. I think that would be really funny, but hey, what are you gonna do? Um, I guess my closing thoughts about this movie is that I don't think it's a bad movie, I just don't think Ant Man as a franchise really gelled, knew what it wanted to be, and therefore came up short of anything you know um i don't know i i guess kang if kang is this bad big and bad can he win one fight <laughs> if kang is supposed to be this all-time greatest villain ever can he beat one revolution you know what i mean can he outsmart one person can kang be good at his job is what i'm asking of marvel so kevin when you do listen to this let Kang be good at his job. Because at this point, Sam Wilson could take <laughs> Kang. Nah, I, 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 I don't have, uh, you know, I think knowing that we had like the Kang dynasty and seeing what Kang has talked about and knowing that the next one was Secret Wars, I think like I was like, okay, I do have some hope uh for king i remember there's one to someone trying to compare it to thanos where they're like well if thanos came out swinging like killing two beloved characters and like you know laying hands on the hulk and everything and i'm like well yeah thanos had to do that he only had two movies like he had to establish himself as a threat right away like beat everybody down win and then lose in the next one kang has a few movies and a few tv series like he has time to like and there are many different versions of him he has time to do like various different things you know but again scott should have died or been trapped in the quantum realm or something at at a minimum uh yeah i mean i mostly agree with you guys sentiments um 
Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, I, I do. I have heard that uh, Marvel plans to like scale back their shows a little bit. I do want them to uh, just take their time. And let I me mean, kind of like we said before, I feel like for phase four, they threw so many projects out in a million different directions that if they can take some time to straighten things out um, and give people, you know, I think there is a hunger for like the cohesive narrative again, at least, at least closer to what we got in like say phase three. I think that'll be helpful. Um, Cause looking for the rest of this year, I mean, guardians three, I feel like will be good, but it's also like an ending unless you spin off some new characters introducing that movie, that movie's kind of an ending. And then the Marvels, I'm actually pretty excited for, but Captain Marvel 1 had so much controversy. I'm sure the Marvels, I mean, that that movie is going to have to be ready. They're, that that whole press team is going to have to be ready to fight like the mountains of incels that are going to be ready to nitpick anything that happens in that film whatsoever. Um, yeah, because it's really it's, sad. It's really sad. It is. Well, yeah, now because now it's not just a white woman that's a lead. You also have a black woman and a Muslim woman a, as the leads. You're you're getting you're getting a whole range of racist and misogynists coming in. There's an army. Because yeah. we saw how they reacted to Miss Marvel. Like, I mean, to be for real with you, was Captain Marvel a good movie? I don't think so. But the biggest problem in that movie, in my opinion, was her supporting cast. She needed a much more stronger supporting cast because when Captain Marvel is doing all this like cool things and everyone's like, that's uh, that's it. That's what she does. She's so cool. You know what I mean? I think having Photon and Miss Marvel there to really play up the scale of what this character can do and should be is going to help Captain Marvel, Carol Demers, a lot. You know, because her best scenes were with Sam Jackson, who she had someone really good to play off of. So, I mean, I'm not a Carol Danvers fan, but that stretches back to the X-Men 97 series. So that's 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 a long standing beef. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of the original Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau. Uh, so, you know, Photon Spectrum, whatever name they give her. Uh, yes, uh, as Black History Month, say it loud. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, I also miss Marvel fan from her introduction. I, I find like that she is a very, uh, a very fun, friendly, like relatable character, uh, for a lot of people. And, um, so I, I like, I now like the interaction that they'll have with, um, Brie Larson as Carol Danvers because I'm a, I'm a Brie Larson fan so I think you know like she did a good job but it was just like you know they told her not to have emotions for like two thirds of the movie so she didn't have emotion um, but you know I, I think that that's coming out in November now that got delayed that, but I, which, I'd expect the trailer to come out soon I think so, especially after the Ant-Man reaction Feige's going to fast track that well, gotta Rob, get, you, get all the Marvel fans on board for something new Rob, my brother, because uh, JD, I don't think you know that. My brother was his. We were just talking about this like two hours ago, and he was telling me like it got moved to uh, November. He was like, shooting has pretty much been done since July of last year, um, but November also has Dune Part Two coming out, uh, the next Trolls movie, and some other big ticket movie for another like age demographic besides like kids and adults. So. You know, that's a lot of competition to be putting that up against unnecessarily, considering it was supposed to come out 
first uh, at this point in the year. It was supposed to have this date that Ant-Man had, and then it got pushed back to July. Now it's gotten pushed back again. So Kevin Feige knows what he do- he's doing or doesn't. I don't know. Hopefully. We'll but moving on to the Kevin Feige of DC. Yeah, so uh, we don't have to go through every project, but um, I want to say, what, like a month ago almost or pretty close to it? It's been about we ha- three weeks. We haven't talked about We haven't had a podcast since. Um, James Gunn, you know, he's a new him, and I forget the other person. Peter James, Safran. Yeah, Peter Safran are sort of the Kevin Feige of DC. They're rebooting uh, the universe pretty much. They've got the slate. Um, so, I mean, the most, I mean, we can start with like the, I guess the negatives, uh, yeah, Henry Cavill's out. So they sort of tease him coming back in at the end of black Adam, but black Adam didn't perform well. So from what it looks, so, um, James Gunn decides like, Hey, we're just going to do a brand new Superman story in our new universe. Um, so, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of Henry Cavill and Henry Cavill fans continue, um, I think he's working on like Warhammer or something like that. Hopefully he can find a new franchise because if I were him, I probably would be done with DC at this point. I mean, after just being make him James around Bond. so much. Hmm? Just make him James Bond. You know, he, yeah, he could. Yeah, you know, he, he, maybe. I saw the man from Uncle. He could do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say here because I can't say anywhere else. <laughs> I'm going to say with my full... <laughs> Full <laughs> chest. Fuck Henry Cavill. Yeah, I said it. I said Uh-oh. it. <laughs> no, there are some legitimate reasons for that. No. Uh, it, we're, I hated his Superman. I hated it. I hated it. I, the worst. Yeah. yeah. Get him out of here. I had Leave a conversation with someone about that on one of JJ's videos, and then I got <laughs> blocked for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> see? See the, the strife that Henry Cavill is causing? The crazy See, thing was, the crazy thing least, was that conversation started off with me agreeing with one of, like, so <laughs> J uh, JJ listed like uh, five different things that uh, Henry Cavill Superman did that he disagreed with, and I think I agreed with all of them except for one. And I was like, I can make an argument for another, but the first one was the the truck incident where he you know ruins that trucker's thing. And uh, truck, and I was like, Well, yeah, okay. He sexually assaults the waitress, he you know, then tries to he then assaults Clark and then tries to pick a fight with him. I'm like, Okay, yeah, we've seen Superman, you know, to cause property damage to someone being petty or getting vengeance or something like that. That's not unique to Henry Cavill's thing. Also, I would just love to see the insurance adjuster maybe I should make that a TikTok. The insurance adjuster would be like, what happened to your truck? Um, <laughs> exactly. You didn't see? Like, okay, here my beef is that the the crime, the punishment does not match the crime. And he I'm, doesn't even know that Clark did it. Yeah, I okay. All right, to that point, Superman 2. Superman 2, he gets beat up by that bully in a diner, right? He comes back sometime later, several days later at least, and not only shatters that dude's hand when that dude punches his his stomach which you know it's superman he could have moved out the way he then picks him up and puts him on the dining uh room thing and shoves him across 
ruining everybody else's food and then he <laughs> breaks the uh pinball machine that did you got everybody else involved for no reason at least because generally truckers at least have kind of some some kind of stake in their truck if they don't outright own it it was related to the person didn't get anybody else involved relatively so and also the insurance is, is going to give him this truck back but like the the logs that some else some guy lost. Oh no, the, it was it was the, on his truck. It was a logger truck. The cost to get it down, like all the electrical problems that the okay. I he just employed other fix. people. There's an easy fix to this, right? Because <sighs> let it because people were thinking like, oh, does Justin support sexual assault? No, obviously I don't. The easy fix is he tries to punch Henry Cavill. He breaks his hand or something. Henry Cavill picks him up and just throws him out of the bar, breaks the bar door, and then the guy like falls on the ground. So therefore, the bartender or the owner of the bar is angry that Henry Cavill broke the bar door, causing him to get fired, right? But the guy has a broken hand. He's not going to come back. And he's banned from the rest. I think that's perfectly fine. Doesn't really affect that many people. It's just the guy getting what he deserves instead of the super aggressive way to ruin this guy's livelihood. You know, I, I will say the only difference is, is that then you have a bunch of witnesses that show that Clark did all those things, which means that's a bigger trail leading to him. Like, yes, Here's that's one. Like, yes, that's one big event. But no one saw him do that. So in the terms of blending in, neither is really a good option. But I feel like that the one you described is more public than the other. Here's the one. thing. I think that's a reasonable show of strength where it's like a good story to tell. But it's not like absurd. Like if you've seen that, like in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Uncle Phil throws jazz out the door. You know what I mean? I don't think it's that crazy of a feat of strength just to like push well, this guy out the door you know the punching on and shattering the fans his can't hand. see I'm, the, the listeners can't see i'm just uh nodding my head right now <laughs> <laughs> what? But, okay what? but no so yeah so uh so that's that so yeah uh r.i.p henry cavill superman um but good I'll, riddance i'm gonna read the slate uh that we have uh that was announced so we have superman legacy which is supposed to show a younger superman um and it's supposed to be based off of our all-star superman or not based off of but like that's kind of um one of the inspirations for it which i love that uh comic series so i'm I'm down for that yeah uh, they just they, they we, we gotta start over it's okay yeah, so yeah that's superman, superman legacy you know hopefully they cast you know you know a younger actor that can grow into the role and they and they have a plan and don't you know jerk them around yeah uh, next, we have The Authority, uh, which, if you don't know, it was a 1999 comic book series. It was published under Wildstorm under DC. Uh, so it's like seven superheroes that have sort of like interesting power. So one of them, like they he's he's psychically bonded to a city and that's where he draws his strength from. So it's like, you know, a spirit bomb, except, you know not uh so there's that the brave and the bold which will be a batman and robin uh series with bruce and damian wayne inspired by grant morrison sorry 
I was gonna say we're gonna have two ongoing Batman film franchises because they want the the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson to be its own thing. And then they're gonna have their own, they're gonna have another Batman that's connected to their universe, which is you know, him and Damian Wayne. Uh mm-hmm. how do you guys feel about Damian Wayne, by the way? A lot of people hate him. I'm fine. I'm fine with him. As long as he, you know, as long as you know he he still tries to be a dick and Nightwing gives him his those hands. <laughs> Just to be like, Here's you gotta thing. learn. I but I like uh, Nightwing and Damien better than Bruce and Damien as a pairing. I would agree with that because you have like a softer Batman and a, a harder Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know what? I'll say it. Fuck Damien Wayne. <laughs> I knew it. I knew she was gonna. There's no, never just... you never have a group call where everyone likes Damien Wayne. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's 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 not always fuck Damien Wayne. I'm just, it's like 99 times that it's fucked in me. The problem is that <sighs> Damian Wayne is a commentary on the previous Robins. And we have never, ever, 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 ever had a good movie version of Robin. Ever. So my beef is that. When you, it's like it's it's skipping to the end, and that's a problem that DC has had forever and continues to have. We do not need a Batman v Superman movie in Superman's second appearance, and this strikes this t- same tone of that because Damian Wayne. It doesn't make sense why Damian Wayne for me is an asshole if he's the first Robin. It doesn't well, make sense because he because Damian Wayne in his first appearances wanted to be the best Robin. It wanted to take over Tim Drake and uh, Spot, and he kind of kicked Tim Drake to the curb. And Tim Drake's in a limbo. Well, it won't be. He won't be the first Robin. The other ones will have existed. Here's the thing, though. I think it strikes the same thing of like DC wanting to get to the good stuff without laying the proper groundwork to get there. You know, I, I don't want I don't want to just meet Dick Grayson as Nightwing. I want years of him being Robin. I want that, you know, and I think it's I think some studios exec sat in the room and was like, I I guess we're doing Robin. But Damian Wayne makes the most sense because that is his most is that is his son, right? And I'm like, guys, like I'd argue that it's not that uh kind of it, it's to me it's like when you had uh the justice league cartoon and you had wally west be the flash and not barry allen but it's because this generation's robin is damian wayne just like our generation's flash was wally west because barry had been dead and dick grayson had been nightwing since the a well i i don't 80s 70s for Dick Grayson I wanted to but Barry had been dead since the 80s and so then when you bring Barry back you have now this generation behind us their flash is Barry Allen mostly because of Grant Gustin um and then now you have uh they haven't aged down Dick Grayson since the all-star Batman and Robin and that's a whole cluster 
Uh, and so now you have uh, this generation that with the animated movies had Damian Wayne as their Robin and Nick, Dick Grayson was already Nightwing. So that's what they're kind of used to besides like Teen Titans Go, where they don't really harp on the uh, alter egos all that much. Um, so to them, Damian Wayne is is um, Robin. And I think there is good stuff with each Robin uh, that they could easily have harped on. I just don't think if they started today with a Dick Grayson as Robin that we would ever get to a point where we would even reach realistically the good stuff of a Tim Drake Robin after Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing because I don't think it would last that long. We're we're building a whole universe. If Marvel, we got ten years to get to Thanos. We have time. Well, I don't know if DC has or Warner Brothers has their current time. Well, no, I don't think any cinematic universe is going to do that kind of thing again. Because even looking at with this Phase Five and Six, we're getting that in six years, as opposed to ten. Yeah. So, like, hear me. Like, think about it this way. First movie, Brave and the Bold with Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. Second movie, he becomes Nightwing. Third That's movie. fast. No, like one movie at a time. And, and you have all the Justice Leagues in between. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. We didn't even but talk like, about Jason Todd. That's a whole other thing. Third movie, Jason Todd comes and dies. That's too fast. <laughs> we have 10 years, Chris. Oh, <laughs> okay, but think about it. Because the, one of the reasons why... Uh, Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing is because he's fed up being under Batman's shadow and Batman treating him like a kid. That's too fast to have. Like, if you have like them working on their partnership and becoming one in that first movie, and then the next time you see them, they hate each other. You're like, well, what happened not, in not between? That they hate each other, not hate each other, but they're realizes at so that at he needs to grow up. There's a graduation. Okay, think about it this way. Think about it. first movie, Raven the Bold, Dick Grayson, Bruce Wayne, right? The next Batman movie isn't for three years. Let's say this Robin is 12 years old, right? So between those three years, we can get a Teen Titans project. We can get a Justice League project. All this stuff where you see where you see Dick Grayson growing up and like interacting with the DC Universe. And by the time we get to Nightwing mode or graduation, Batman graduation, I guess what I'm calling it. I don't know. It's it makes a little bit more sense. You feel like you spent some time with that character. So yeah, but at that point, you're requiring other projects to fill that in where you may not necessarily get that given DC's weird embargoing of characters in one medium versus another medium that has persisted since the 90s. Um, I just don't think that you can get that without skipping a lot. And having a Batman that's going to be nine pictures in for, you know, a decade, like, I feel like we're really getting away from that because people are getting fatigued from franchises unless you have significant space out it or really refreshing stories, i.e. Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies coming in for seven and eight after the first one was what, like 99 or something like that. We got time. Trust me, Chris. We got time. But actually, I, I, it's not my slate, so I guess I don't have the time. <laughs> what am I talking about? That's what fanfic and AO3 is for. 
Uh, so next we have Supergirl, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, based off of that series by Tom King, which I haven't read yet, but I'm going to because I just uh, picked it up. Um, Everybody like Car- Carl's become a lot more popular, I would say, over the past decade or so. She had the CW show, got a version of Supergirl, the Flash movie. Like people like Kara. Comic wise, she was my favorite Kryptonian for a while. Up until like All Star Superman, because I got the Supergirl comics in like the mid two thousands, um, through probably like the early twenty tens, um, and it- then you know she got done dirty on Smallville. <laughs> Is it fair so. to say in the last decade they've been putting more energy into like a a Superman family? Like Batman's had the always had the Bat family. I feel like the Superman family was like much more loose. But now I've seen the comics, it's like, okay, you've got his kid, you've got Connor, you've got Kara, and they're all, like, together, you know? They they tried because you had had Superman and Supergirl. Then Supergirl dies in Crisis of Infinite Earths. So then you have Matrix and Siri L and a couple other, like, Supergirl variants that all existed at once. And then they kind of rebooted things. And so then you had or also Power Girl. Then you reboot things or merge the universes again. And so now you have a Supergirl, you have Power Girl, you have uh, Con-El after the death of, of Superman run. And then, you know, they tried Superman family, Batman family and the Superman Batman comics, uh, the world's finest comics. And then uh, post-Final Crisis, enter or whatever that next crisis was enter john kent and now they're really trying to hype on like superman family like they've tried a few times they're finally getting it right just an anecdote anyway next uh next we have uh swamp thing which okay I, i have no thoughts on Pass, pass. Uh, creature, what are we doing, James? I mean, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. I mean, people really like Swamp Thing. Apparently, Uh, no. Okay, and it's supposed. Nothing's ever done anything for me, but people like them. Yeah, so it's supposed to be an origin. You know what I'm about to say? Yeah, fuck Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but it's it's one of those things where it's like I really wish James Gunn in DC. I don't know if this makes sense. You ever been in like a game or on a team and you don't have time to experiment? You don't have time to try the whole bench. You need the heavy shirts up there. It's like a tie about to go into overtime. I don't I don't need to like, oh, why don't we try out Jimmy? I don't oh why don't we try out the swamp thing? No. We need to win the game, James. We need okay. the heavy hitter. Give me like I would have because okay, if okay. you're trying to do like the magic characters, I would have done Zatanna and John Constantine. Okay. Yeah. So Detective to, Chimp. To that to that point, JJ, I will only say that Marvel brought out its C listers and it worked. That's true. Not not before okay, here's the thing. Yes, not, from the beginning. Iron Man was not an A lister. Iron Man was not. That's that's okay. Here's the thing. When you have a bench that is as deep as DC, you have the OGs. You you don't have like a Batman ripoff, bro. You have Batman. Let's go. Like you don't have a Superman ripoff. You don't have the Century. You know what I mean? You have Superman. 
Like, now, what are you I, doing? I I have my pitch for how I would start the DC universe, but we'll 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 get to that. Uh, it's, it's very, I don't know. I don't know if we have simple. four hours today. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's very simple. It, like I can do it for each character in like three sentences because okay. I started off with three. Like the first phase is only about three characters. Next. Um. So next you have Creature Commandos, which is essentially Suicide Squad, but with monstrous prisoners instead of sure. uh, regular Why people. Not? led by yes. Amanda Waller. <laughs> Next, you have the Amanda Waller series, which will feature Team Peacemaker. Uh, yes. It's written by Listen, Crystal they Henry have that Davis did Watchmen. Con- they have Oscar award-winning Viola Davis on contract. They're like, we got to use her as much as possible before she pieces out. <laughs> I mean, it's written by the Crystal Henry who did Watchmen and Supernatural's Jeremy Carver. So they they know how to write good things so i you know I, i'll give it a shot booster gold pass i've never liked booster gold i have never liked booster really gold. booster he gold did. is like i don't <laughs> he's an interesting character he's definitely like the white dude that fails up you know yes <laughs> yeah. jj Every doesn't want to laugh but he's laughing all the call it's just like it is what it is uh, then we have Lanterns, which is going to be a Hal Jordan, John Stewart buddy cop. I could do less with Hal Jordan, but I love John Stewart, uh, so I'm down. Pass because it should be a movie, not a TV show. You know, it depends. It it depends on how they do it because they're saying it's like supposed to be a mystery thing. I'd rather see a mystery TV show than a mystery movie in a superhero setting. Um, just because, especially since this is the first Green Lantern iteration we're really seeing, uh, since uh, Ryan Reynolds, I'd rather it give be given the time to develop. Only if uh, Hal becomes Parallax and then uh, John has to kill him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, go watch the animated movie. Uh, I know, that's the joke I was making. Yeah, was yeah, like, something else. Yeah. That animated universe is something else. Uh, and then the next one is Paradise Lost. Uh, we're not entirely sure what it's going to be, whether it's going to be the origin of their mascara or if it's going to be Wonder Woman it- itself. It's People are saying Games of Thrones-like style. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, pass. The hardest it, pass. The- for me, for me, this is this is my pitch. If it is, I'm doing it. So you have you 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 focus it on the Trinity. You have Superman because then you bring in the cosmic element of the other uh, space. Like you had a Green Lantern of uh, so I think it's Sector Two Eight One Three that you like you can bring then, and you have Superman landing and dealing with probably a I would say. Um, metallo type villain the u.s military lex luther you bring in those areas of his mythos but you tease things like brainiac and dark side and other things like that because you know he has the fortress you have all that knowledge some of that batman he's your leg for earth based threats so you have him introduce you know like you have his rogues gallery but you also bring in people like the government where you have amanda waller the suicide squad the um uh like his other allies being like zatanna john constantine which you're teasing for things like wonder woman because wonder woman is the mystical and mythical like leg of the uh dc universe so you have the mythical gods but you also have how she was brought to life by the mystics and that touches on people like the wizard 
and the phantom stranger and all those other people and use those franchises to birth and spin off the other heroes and the first justice league quote-unquote movie i would do would be based off of the trinity uh comic book series which had superman batman wonder woman team up to fight ra's al ghul uh bizarro and uh artemis who was helping train uh racist people and as race you know tries to do his thing as being an eco-terrorist and that through that you can introduce like aquaman has a cameo in that one you're expanding the larger world of what this dc universe is but chris how many how many movies would you have before a justice league movie before an actual justice league movie? an actual Pro- justice league movie probably one or two more after that trinity movie because you can use batman to introduce barry allen as a criminal uh forensic scientist uh you or he could visit metropolis one of the two um aquaman could be mentioned or referenced in another wonder woman movie because uh atlantis and themiscara have a ancient history that's basically all you need like you like i don't believe really anybody else besides batman superman and wonder woman need an origin movie or a movie before a justice league movie because most of those characters have been so woven into the pop culture fabric that we know their general story okay but we just need to know how are these characters motivated in this one we don't need movies for most of them okay okay i'd watch it Chris, you put you put your uh, application in with uh, Warner Brothers. That's, uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. My contract would be stipulated on the fact that uh, give me give me back, girl. <laughs> yeah, we never we never talked about that too. No, it it I I understand why they did it, but yeah, it was a fucked up that they canceled a show a movie or was it a show or a movie? It was a movie. It was a movie. Right? A movie that was going to be on HBO Max, I think, right? That's what, yeah. yeah. It was going to be on HBO Max. They were considering it being a three a theatrical release, and then, but it was, you know, like, it was pegged for HBO Max, and then they just canceled it outright. Out of nowhere. And I wasn't, I think one of the directors was like, wasn't he at his own wedding or at his own wedding reception? Yeah. When he got the text, like, yo, they deleted your movie, and I'm like, dog. He found out when we found out. Worst day ever man i was like man hollywood is uh is brutal it's a business i guess at the end of the day and and a tease for a future podcast and people are like they canceled that but they didn't cancel the flash movie we'll get to that on oh we podcast. didn't even talk about that because yeah, that so. is a full like discussion with various yeah and i'm it's like saying- shazam's coming out there's an aquaman too and uh, yeah, the infamous Flash movie with the infamous actor is uh, coming and, out. So that and is, y'all um, and y'all are both on TikTok and Twitter, so I know y'all are seeing it. But too many people are talking about movie contracts and deals with production crews and everything like that that have never read or touched a contract. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, I you know I, I'd rather talk about that than Hogwarts Legacy. So you know, do you I'm think people should see there. the Flash? I think that people should do whatever they whatever think, their moral compass allows them to do. I don't think you should push people one way or the other because it is 
it's a nuanced conversation. It's not like, yeah, you know, like when it comes to that, people um, are comparing it to Hogwarts Legacy. And, I, and I'll say this when it comes to Hogwarts Legacy, as JK Rowling is the brainchild of the wizarding world, there is nothing that does not get tainted because in some way, shape, or form, she is profiting from that. And she has said that she will use her profits to further uh, harm against uh, trans people. When it comes to things like a movie where you have the star of the movie uh, that is a criminal, I don't want to call them a criminal mastermind, but let's just call them a serial criminal. Uh, <laughs> like they're real life super villain. <laughs> yeah. Real, Eobar Look, Thawne I, in the flesh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they maybe maybe they're playing Eobar Thawne in the movie and it's just a whole misdirect. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where it's like there are so many other people involved in the process that did not know that that was going to happen. It's one thing if they did all those things and then they were like, okay, we're going to make the Flash movie now and everybody else that got involved like knew what they were signing up for as opposed to all these other people that signed up for things and then these things happen. Um, I think that is a much more nuanced conversation to uh, get into about at what point do... Uh, at what point do we draw a line? And I think that is a much more individual thing than a society thing. Uh, I think too many people are trying to draw up societal lines and that just doesn't work given how diverse people are in their upbringings, in their life experiences uh, and the willingness or the willingness to use a sort of scorched earth policy when it comes to pop culture things, let alone any kind of other capitalistic um enterprises where whether they things that we need things we want or things we just get entertained by yeah it'll, it'll be its own episode because i think there's a lot that uh probably there's a lot that goes into it for sure uh my only last comment is um internet please please stop suggesting that grant gustin take over for the movie flash that man wants to retire Okay, he's got kids. He's got a kid at home. Y'all aren't even watching the last, the Flash season nine, which is on the air right now. Let the man rest. <laughs> he's tired. Chris, Grant does not want to do it. One hundred percent. He can have a cameo. He should have a cameo because he's a part of the legacy. I mean, as of right now, Grant Gustin is the best live action version version of the Flash we've had, in my opinion. You know, absolutely. But like, uh yeah uh he should not be the movie flash we need nope. to move forward yep. if you're gonna you know re get rid of erza you need to bring a fresh actor with no baggage into the role and we need to move forward uh oh i'm fully on board with getting rid of ezra like this is, <laughs> this is a universe resetting movie get rid of them get rid of them they are you, you like you know i think in the comics they changed how barry looked in between pre-Flashpoint, during Flashpoint, and post-Flashpoint. Just do that. Everybody looks different. Oh my gosh, what happened to Ezra? Let's I be don't honest. know. Not the Flash all, anymore. Let's be honest, since no one said it, I mean, Wally's more interesting than Barry. I think. 100%. We should just, oh man. So just give, us, give us Wally, please, and then we don't have to worry about Barry. I mean, Barry... They, they've done a lot of work on Barry over the years to make him more interesting. I mean, he's he, they've made him much more Peter Parker-esque. Chris, would you agree with that? 
over oh, the years. I, well, but I would say still a better character. I would say both MCU Peter Parker and Barry Allen in the CW verse and even some of the comics are are benefiting from the same thing. They're taking the better parts of Wally West and Miles Morales and uh, grafting them into their predecessors. That's what they're doing. Fair. 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 All right. Um, I guess, yeah, we've been going for a minute. Do we have any closing thoughts on DC, anything in general? Uh, JJ, if you have any um, projects or anything coming up, you want to give a shout out to go ahead, remind them where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me wherever toys are sold. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, and on TikTok at Freddy's Roommate. And right now, I'm doing a podcast under Decoding TV with David Chen. It's called Decoding Reality, where we review The Bachelor. It's kind of a pseudo-sequel to my original podcast with Deja Talks TV uh, called Screen Studies, where mm-hmm. we like analyze uh, like movies and television through the lens of like what it's how it's affecting our culture so that's been a hoot um yeah uh if you want me to follow me and i guess i'd really appreciate it so please do i guess <laughs> yes uh stamp of approval on 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 jj's content uh i i think oh uh, it's been probably close to two years i don't know time is a blur uh but yeah no uh jj makes great content on a wide variety of uh content of issues from comics to real life and fashion to just general comedy uh you know he's he's got range (laughs) yeah i don't have a niche i guess i'm the niche (laughs) way too many niches i don't know it's uh my account has evolved so much. It's hard to like, I've gone viral for so many different things. It's hard to know what people came from. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But all right. Thank you for uh, coming on and Chris, take us home. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. Uh, JJ for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, you're always welcome back on the show. Anytime. Um, <laughs> he's making a face like anytime. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah uh yeah we've got a hope yeah i mean this is the first podcast of the new year too it took us a while so um yeah definitely look forward to some cool things coming down the pipeline and until next time uh live long and prosper there are more of us <laughs>